Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to Rough Stuff, the podcast where we have our funny friends come on and tell us embarrassing stories about childhood. I am one of your co-hosts, Bridget Greenberg, and often at like middle school and high school dances, uh, the like cool popular girls would like take me aside and try to teach me how to dance like a normal human. Oh, that's, yeah. that one is kind of sad. I'm going to be honest. It, that one is, that one made it, me it, sad. It hurts. Yeah. Well, I'm Sarah Griffith. And on Friday, I threw a uh, piece of Tupperware that had been in my sink that had grown mold. And I was like, actually, you know what? Fuck this. I'm throwing this out. You know, that's a, that's a like stage of adulthood is when you just, you know, realize not even going to try to clean it. Nope. Be proud of that. Um, and with us are the hosts of the Uncertified Fresh podcast. Uh, we have Chandler Dean and Carolina Trevenio. Hello. You were so what, good was, rehearsing did, did this I mess name that up? so badly. You said it perfectly like nine times <laughs> before this. Oh, man. God. And then you just like, when it was time to get it right, you just said it all kinds of wrong. No uh, yeah, that's... And we're not starting uh, over. No, this no, is no. just going to be in the No, show. no, this is in it now. No, well, let me, let me tell now. you who these people are because they went to high yeah, school with me. We did. We have Chandler yeah. Dean and Carolina Trevino from Houston, oh, God, Texas, yeah. joining us remotely. This is a first for Rough Stuff. We've got a couple of firsts. First of all, this is our first four persons show, so that's very exciting. That's Second awesome. of all, Chandler and Carolina are joining us from New York City. Woo! The Big the Apple. City of dreams. How it, how exciting. How are y'all? What's it like over there? You know, at this point, uh, things are actually comparatively excellent here. There were a couple months that there where people were like giving us the fake uh, empathy where they're like, oh my God, like what's happening? You know, New York looks like a war zone on TV. And now the rest of the country uh, has, you know, COVID fever and we are slowly uh, reopening and uh, we're used to it at this point. So yeah, uh, things are pretty, fine. pretty People good up here. Like, we went to the beach the other day. We did. Which, you know. Socially distance beach. We went at literally nine in the morning and then left at one before anyone showed up. So yeah. very, very smart. Fun. Yeah. That is very, smart. Very wise. I was just about to say, like, this is a really great time if you're one of those smug New York journalists who love, like, I feel like once every three months there's, like, an op-ed that's, like, reasons why New York is so much better than Los Angeles. And it's, like, well, you know what? This time, actually, I guess y'all are right. Like, you got us this time. You got us, baby. I don't know how us. Los Angeles played itself so hard when it – uh, my assumption, like when I think about LA, and I've only been once, uh, but my assumption is that just everyone is inside of their car alone all the time, like as compared to like being on public transit or whatever. So it's like you could go about your day without interacting with people much more easily. It's less pub population yeah. dense. Like, so I don't get how uh, y'all are Chandler, dropping the bag here. We're bored. <laughs> we're bored. We want to do things. We want to go to the Abbey. We want to go out. We're it's so bored. nice it's outside. <laughs> There. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You have good weather. I will say, yeah, yeah, I will say this is this is like a key difference. Our weather is nice all the fucking time, yes. so we can always leave our homes and it's like hard to stay inside when the weather is like 80 yeah. degrees and breezy 365 days of the year. Yeah, when it's like raining but and sad. In that air. Yeah. yeah, but in that air, smog, firework dust, <laughs> coronavirus. Yeah. So yeah. But it's a it's a toxic mixture, but we love it out here. Concoction. It's so fresh. Yeah. yeah. 
Let's um, escape the present and talk about the past. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's good. The rest of this guys, podcast is going to be a lot less cringy than our current lives. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is true. But uh, you guys still uh, don't get to escape like the the upfront embarrassment of uh, telling us just like a little bit about your younger selves. Great. Uh, so hi, I'm Chandler, and uh, when I did my inaugural spelling bee in third grade, um, I got I lost like in the classroom level, like before even going to the school wide level. Um, and I like when I lost, I burst into tears and I was so <laughs> inconsolable that I had to go to the nurse's office and my dad picked me up early from school. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, oh my what, what was god. the word? Do you remember the word? The word was one of the most bullshit words that I have never heard before or since and it was a word called hatful um, and it was Spell it. Uh, I know now <laughs> I know now that it's H-A-T-F-U-L and like I remember the sentence was like a hat full of flowers or something like that and I said H-A-T-F-U-L-L like a fool oh, I quit I should have quit while I was ahead uh, but in fact I got it wrong and you know I have never forgotten Wow. Going to the nurse, like the ailment, like what's wrong with him? I don't know. He's just crying too hard. I was emotionally <laughs> distraught. That was my, yeah. that was my disease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Carolina, what do you got for us? Hello, I am Carolina. Um, and I, I would say my like, uh, probably a small embarrassing thing is that when I was like from the ages of like, 12 to 15 i was very into fan fiction and wrote my own like danny phantom fan fiction oh period yeah he was hot yeah yeah he was he was cool um and you're gonna read some for us in this episode well my college friends found the fan fiction (gasps) on fanfiction.net and that's when i unfortunately had to delete it i was like oh phantom fan fiction jobs and Ultimately, this Phantom is not fan great. fiction. Yes, but <laughs> Phantom you, fan. Did fiction. you not archive uh, the materials before deleting off of the website? I think it's somewhere deep, deep somewhere. But honestly, I couldn't tell you where it is. Yeah. Can you give fan us like fiction? Yeah, fanfiction.net is like the mouth tattoo <laughs> of the internet. Like it is supposed to fade away, but like there's always something there yeah. you can find. It is the de- like definition of the social network quote. Uh, the internet is not written in pencil; it's written in ink. Uh, and yeah. fanfiction.net <laughs> does that. I bet if you went on the Wayback Machine, uh, which is a very oh, useful definitely. tool, you could find Carolina's fanfiction. Uh, you know, but, you uh, know what is also it, like fanfiction.net is permanent, and Live Journal mm-hmm. that is yeah permanent. that never went away. MySpace has disappeared, thank God. But yeah, Live Journal and fanfiction. Carolina's Forever. also too humble because she has neglected to mention that for years and like maybe a decade after she wrote this Danny Phantom fan fiction, she would occasionally get comments from people being like, where's the next <gasps> part? I want to see how the story <gasps> ends. unfinished. Oh and so people wow. would literally like, because you can comment, they'd be like, where is the next yeah. one? And I'm like, my dude, look at the last time I published. It was like so can you, long ago. Can you well, give us like kudos? A synopsis of uh, give us a little. What was it about? It was truly the most like bizarre. Like I think it was just like you know alternate universes where like Dan- Danny was evil and like he like fell in love with Sam even though he's an evil <gasps> ghost and it's like. 
What what are you doing, brother? Okay, I, no, I need word count. I need rating. <laughs> I need the uh, chapter synopsis. I think I didn't know enough about sex to make a mature fan fiction, but it was just like a lot of like making out, like describing yeah. making out when I had literally never <laughs> kissed a boy on the lips. It's like oh, very this- much incorrect. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Describing making out. Uh, not to brag, knowing how to do it now uh, is is uh, is uh, still gross. Yeah, like I, yeah, Ugh. it's still like- yeah, because it comes like it comes very naturally, I think, to like us as human beings to put our mouths on other people's mouths. Like that, like works itself out just fine. But like actually having to like sit and write it out, I'd rather um, not. I'd rather just not do that. Actually, well, just yeah. Fast. Well, because I remember, like, at, at sleepovers and sleepaway camp, like, people talking about making out and, like, it's like, well, what what happens? What do you do? And they're like, well, you, like, slide your tongue yeah. on the other person's tongue. And Ugh. I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to do that. It starts, I don't think that's the way I do it. It starts to sound like you're trying to explain it to an alien or something. Like, you have yeah. to break it down to its yeah. component parts, and it falls apart. Like, it makes no sense intuitively. Yeah. You just have to let the let it be what it is. Yeah. No, I remember uh, people describing it to me, and I was just thinking the whole time, like, no, that's not how I'm going to do it. I'm going <laughs> to do different. it different. <laughs> I, I think I've actually talked about this on the show before, but I actually developed, like not like a phobia, but an anxiety about talking to guys and stuff with girlfriends because I was like a super late bloomer and I had like my first boyfriend in college and stuff. And he was like my first everything. We'll leave it at that. And so a conversation came up about like blowjobs. And I was like, well, I've certainly never done that because as a Christian woman of God, I would never (laughs) debase my mouth, my perfect mouth uh, by putting it onto a piece of somebody's body where they also pee pee out of. So no, I'm not interested and um well like the the subject came up and so like all of my girl roommates were starting to give me like tips and like advice and like how to suck oh, dick that and is I was the like, worst part of um, any sleepover you. well it gets so much worse because it escalated to getting popsicles out of the fridge oh, and no. literally getting demonstrations and like on the one hand I do in a weird kind of fucking way appreciate that because like I literally had never considered the mechanics of I just thought you put your mouth and suck like it's sucking dick like it's in the fucking title like that's what you do um but they they gave me ideas about using my hands and I was like okay so there's like more to this than I thought but also at the same time uh I like was so clammed up in my virginity and and my pearl clutching this and to me to you scandalized i i I, it's not like a prudeness it's just i don't want to see my friends simulate a blowjob on popsicles in a circle in our fucking dorm on campus college apartment it is 6 p.m on a thursday i have homework and rehearsal (laughs) yeah also you just don't want like you don't need to see your friends in that situation no i don't want to look at that no but then the problem yeah. is anyway, like Chandler and Carolina are dating. You, <laughs> but, but then you have to the, the, you have to make a choice because right, it's going to be uncomfortable at one point or another. You're either going to be uncomfortable when you're getting like the 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 pre production discussion, uh, or you're going to get on set the rundown. Yeah, and, or you're going to get on set and not know what to do, and that's going to be embarrassing. So like you have to choose like that which cringe true. do you prefer? Unless you just 
I guess are skilled enough at the internet to uh, to yeah. learn it all through there. But I feel like there's, you know, that's so impersonal um, and you, you can't separate need- fact from fiction from the internet. I, I learned think. everything I needed to know from the grapefruit video, Chandler. The grapefruit video, if everyone the remembers grapefruit. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just Google grapefruit yep. video if you haven't seen it. And yeah, that that everything. was a confusing moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> that that I had I left with way more questions than I had answers. <laughs> and, and worse, and and kind of back to the earlier point, I've had multiple friends be like, "Oh yeah, we tried that." I'm like, "Hey, I don't want to know what you guys do when you fuck. Like, I just don't want to know that." Hey, yeah. never hey have shut up. Like I know who you're fucking, and I'm also friends with it. So like I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know this. I don't want to know. If I want to know, I would ask, but I don't want to know. I don't <laughs> they are secrets yeah. you should bring to your grave. Yeah, um, yeah. Those are like I do they. Uh, I guess Chandler, you'll have to answer this question for like. Does that happen at like boys sleepovers too? Because those are some of my most mortifying <laughs> moments. Is like people explaining to me stuff that I, you know, was not ready for. Um, Do I, boys yeah. have sleepovers? Let's let's get into this. I would say uh, at boys sleepovers, it's just as bad, except riddled with misinformation. Um, I'm okay, I'd like yeah. to think that as com- uncomfortable as your discussion was, all of your roommates on some level, like if they were offering up suggestions knew what they were talking about to an extent they were right yeah. i will give them that they were absolutely right. oh my god and <laughs> there's like with boy sleepovers and mind you these conversations were happening at boy sleepovers at like 12 years old like there was right. there was yeah. all this discussion no way. about extremely i'm picturing yeah. all of you are like playing halo and just yes. talking and not looking at each other just playing a video there game. is no focus there is no connection uh it is it is simply background noise uh with the main activity being halo or gears of war or name first person shooter here um and yeah i don't really remember any specifics but i do just know that like there was a lot of posturing at a very early age where like people would act like they've they had done things when they absolutely had not um and like it maybe it was also more just like also people were like just extrapolating based on what they had seen from porn uh which of course is uh completely inaccurate yeah yeah so just like also just like not certainly no empathetic because when you when you talk about incorporating hands into a blowjob uh (laughs) and it's it's important that we get into great detail on this the uh it's the goal right is is to Uh, have a good time with your partner, help your partner have a good time with, with men or boys, no discussion there. It's all about how much pleasure you are going to get from railing someone. Uh, so yeah, that was, I really, I really wish people could like visually see a lot of hand gestures, a lot of looking off into the distance and having like traumatic memories. I don't think like Carolina is like not blinking at all. And yeah, uh, and no discussion uh, whatsoever. I don't remember ever having a conversation with the boys about uh, uh, <laughs> providing oral sex to uh, uh, the ladies. Oh, yeah, yeah no, that, would, that was, was not, never a consideration. Yeah. I think that was even something well, that why? occurred to young boys. No, as no, that you should, you no, to do. no. It took it took a long time before that that entered into the discussion. Yeah, right. Like, oh, they can have a good time. Yes, too? exactly. Yeah, they, yes. that didn't. That wasn't. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I I remember a big scandal in like I think the seventh grade. I don't like telling other people's stories, but this is one of them. There was like a big <laughs> scandal amongst uh the the boys, uh, a group of the boys, because uh, I guess they were like they were all hanging out, 
and uh, they all decided to watch a porn together, which is to me the wildest thing that young boys choose to do together is watch a porn. Yeah. Um. So two two of two of these boys went on lookout outside the door while the rest of the oh nine of God. them were in the room, and I guess. Whoever was on lookout failed, mm-hmm. and uh, the mother of whoever had the sleepover just walked in on nine boys watching porn together. And and were these uncomfortably were these gentlemen uh, at pleasuring themselves while watching this porn, or were they just watching it in I fascination? I you know the the level of scandal made it seem that way because it was never Honestly, that i think they were just watching it right? i think I mean, they, they were, were just, watching. just watching the story it. was yeah. told that they were just watching it but the level of dramaticism right. that the story was told would make it seem like something much much uh more graphic was going on but i think they God, were just I, watching it yeah but i remember i wish i i wish i was that mom <laughs> I, had a real, I, I really would have had a real laugh at that if i would have walked into my son's room and he and all of his school friends are wearing like their little shorts and random like Angry Bird Mario oh, Party no, no, graphic no, no. novel. No, like, no, we shirts, we had whatever. a uniform, so they were okay. Wearing great, even better. So and, uniform and polos. <laughs> if I walked in on just boys quietly watching politely <laughs> and like not doing anything, just looking. Oh my god. Well, the yeah, because what like, I would have. I, yeah, because I don't think they were. You know, it was it was. Uh, it got past uh, like an R, a PG thirteen rating of like boys just watching something, yeah, <laughs> an X rated thing, but uh, yeah, that has to be so uncomfortable because like all of them were probably just like not breathing, not blinking, not looking at each other, like hands to the side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and 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 definitely all of them were like sitting on something uncomfortable. If you yeah, know. like mm-hmm. there's no way nine teenage boys were looking at porn. Yeah, and th- yeah, there are pillows on everyone's <sighs> laps. Uh, <laughs> I remember, I, like, I'd say, like me and my friends when the uh, Beyonce partition video came out, and we were all watching it. Like, I was watching it with a group of friends, and we were all just like, uh, "We shouldn't be watching this as a group, you guys." <laughs> I, I don't know. How, I mean, I think that this is a universal experience. Like, I think a lot of boys have watched porn with other boys. I mean, I with did it at least once. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think the girl version of this is going on to Omega and looking at random dicks yes. as you accidentally <laughs> refresh and randomize. <laughs> but I just don't understand what what urges people to do this because I I really I don't recall what the like impetus was for doing this and I there's no like there's there's no forward thinking like there's no end game there you're just gonna watch it no. and be like nice and then that's it it's just like, fun I, I don't find that fun yeah I think there's like a taboo to it that like you're too afraid to look at porn by yourself or you have and you feel weird about it so like when you get <laughs> you're pulling everybody to, like, in do it with you it feels like a little le- I know like in college a couple times my friends and I would put on porn but we would put on like really crazy like vintage 50s 60s 70s like bush bush porn (laughs) straight bush porn and that was kind of fun because pornos back then were actual like feature-length films with a plot and a story and everything so like we kind of put it on like for the novelty and then Mm -hmm. we drink and like scream and stuff but like i think 
we like at most we watched about 20 to 30 minutes of these pornos and then once like the actual like sex sex started to happen to be like okay we've had a lot of fun here (laughs) well and there's a difference between narrative porn where like the set like it weaves in and out of sex scenes and like regular ass porn where there's like two minutes of window dressing and then 48 minutes of uh intercourse and i think like for example, if you've ever seen those like softcore porn that's like at HBO at yes. three in the morning with the really bad acting yes. and like you don't actually see uh, penetration or anything like that. You just see boobs and butt uh, respectively. <laughs> um, those are really fun to watch because they're super campy. And like we have watched those with friends before yes, when it's like when we're yeah. Yeah. Like trolling me right. type thing. And the and it's just more like the just like in the same way that you'd watch like Plan Nine from Outer Space or just like any other like right. extremely bad movie. Like that's fun. And it's really not even like if if one wanted to get off to these, uh, it would be kind of difficult because it's so bad. Like it's not good porn <laughs> yeah. nor is it good narrative. So I understand I that do, part. I do remember uh <laughs> I I when I was like very young I th- I fell asleep in my parents bed and I guess they fell asleep too and and it- I guess we were watching some movie on HBO and I woke up in the middle of the night and one of those was on and I was just like, Aye. what is happening? And then I was like, I gotta leave. I should leave. <laughs> and just yeah. like respectfully like took my seven-year-old self out of the room like, this isn't for me. I gotta go now. <laughs> this is me. I gotta say, Bridget, I... Sorry. I was just going to say that, like, I have warned Bridget, like, a year ago, I was like, you know, we're going to have an episode where we have to talk about masturbating. Like, that's going to be someone's story, and we're going to have to broach it. But I'm glad that porn is beating masturbating on the show, because we've yeah. talked about sex, but we haven't talked about porn, so I'm glad we're we're getting into this. Uh, this is yeah. a conversation I'd like to have. Yes, though, no, I was also <laughs> going to bring up, in a similar story, is that when I was, like, very young, I remember that I was watching TV in my grandparents' house. And they had like that movie, like just scrolling through channels and same cold for HBO had like, um, I think was showing that movie where like the woman's vagina turns into teeth. Do you know what I'm talking about? I believe it's called Teeth. 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 And so I watched the teeth and I was like, oh, horrified. And I was like, I am definitely not supposed to be watching this. I was with my cousins. We were all extremely embarrassed and (sighs) we immediately turned it off and we're like, we need to never speak of this again that really, yeah, yeah. H- go ahead those those hbo ones are just like i think they're just meant for children to be like it's time for me to leave the room now <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah. they're just uncomfortable enough nobody wants them they're just like okay well i gotta go now um, <laughs> goodbye i feel like there's something so forbidden about like TV porn or even just like the American Pie spinoff movies that were at like Blockbuster and like there'd be like someone like you know like there'd be like a naked person and they'd be covered by like an explicit logo yeah uncensored yes it's like when I was I think we've talked about this like when when we were like nine ten years old and had never actually watched real porn we thought that is like the height of like like girls gone yes like and even girls gone wild itself like that was so seemingly so forbidden and crazy but it really is just a bunch of people showing tits on camera like it's not real (laughs) porn but when you're a kid that's what you think like is the end all and be all we recently like sat down and watched american pie like the very first one and i'd never seen it but my all my memory of american pie was like 
this is porn. Like, this is the dirtiest thing out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I watched it and I was like, there's really just boobs mm-hmm. and nothing yeah. else. <laughs> Honestly, like, if you watch any 80s comedy, it's just boobs in the background for no reason. Like, that's oh, yeah. just what the, like, it's just a woman who's topless walking by and mm-hmm. that's just. And all the guys what? are like, nice. Yeah. Truly, only only one film has ever successfully done just like random boobs, and it is Airplane. Unfortunately, <laughs> it is Airplane. That is just like they, those are like the good tits. Yeah. That's a good tit. Drop uh, well, the movie. hot t- <laughs> the hot tub time machine makes fun of eighties movies so perfectly that they do just have women in the background walking around without shirts on. <laughs> but they're they're hitting That's that satire. trope. There's a difference. Yeah. There's yeah, satire. They're, That's they're, a statement. They're hitting a, a trope there. They actually yeah. showed us that movie in film school as like a parody. Wow. As like a oh, lesson. I love that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. I was movie. just like shocked that I walked into like a film class my senior year and they're like, yeah, fuck it. Hop tub time machine. Actually pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, yeah, I love I love being able to say yeah, like oh yeah, we watched that in film school, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know, Fight Club. It's just like <laughs> shit movies. That... Did your okay? Be honest. Did your professor like co-write Hot Tub Time Machine? Is it like that? <laughs> I would, no, but my playwriting professor um, wrote. Everyone was very excited because he he was one of the writers on Anastasia, and I was very excited. Because he was one of the writers on Dunstan Checks In, oh, which, wow. yeah, which was a movie that was on <laughs> constantly when I was a child yeah. for inexplicable reasons, but was on just on the TV in the background from like my from ninety three to ninety nine was just on for me, uh, and that was the movie I was super stoked. I was like, <laughs> "You wrote Dunstan Checks In, the movie with the monkey in the hotel and Jason Alexander." And you're the. I actually yeah. do not know what you're talking about, but you either know the movie Taylor, or you've yeah, never Taylor heard of it. Like, of course. Well, I don't yes. Know I actually had either heard, a movie. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't heard of Dunstan Checks In like contemporaneously, but I'm doing a daily show rewatch and they reference it as an example of a random ass movie that nobody yeah. thinks about even in 2004. So like yeah. the fact in, in, in modern times, you're probably the yeah. only person who was ever stoked oh. that your professor wrote it. Every time it has come up, everyone's like, people either like, yeah, that movie was just on all the time, or they're like, never, never heard yeah, of it. Yeah. It's one or the other. Like, either you're in that twilight, like, in that time zone, you know, where Atlantic Broadband was playing it, <laughs> or you weren't. My uh, my screenwriting professor wrote, like, five or six movies, and they all came out in 1994, and he has not written a movie that has come out since. But That's what perfect. screenwriting professors do. Yes. Like that's-, <laughs> that's why they're screenwriting professors and not screenwriters. Yes. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, but it, uh, yeah. I love all my professors, though. So. <laughs> no, I do, too. Like, I love this guy, and I think You're he's all great. great. And I'm glad he's a screenwriting professor. Um, I think he's very good at it. But, yes, he wrote, like, the live-action Flintstones movie, Richie no. Rich, um, getting even with dad, like three other Macaulay Culkin movies, uh, all like in the span of like one year. Uh, yeah, amazing. What home run, home run, home run, (laughs) just yeah, that's right, knocking them out of the park. That's right. Uh, where does he keep his Oscars? (laughs) (laughs) They're overflowing. He like hands one out at the end of each semester to his favorite student. I mean, I think, where does he keep his kids' choice awards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's (laughs) that's really tough. He's built a home out of those, yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> I did have a professor once who wrote Rugrats, and when he Ooh. told us that, 
the whole classroom like we all like gasped that he was a writer on the Rugrats and he was like oh it's finally time you know I knew there was going to be a generation of students that freaked out about that (laughs) and it's finally time and I was like oh that's a weird age marker for you (laughs) that happened all the time in my old sketch group because like I was like seriously the youngest person in the group by like 20 or 30 years that's an exaggeration but I was one of the younger ones and everyone else was like well-established careers and then a lot of that like one of the people I had been doing sketch with for like a year, I found out is like the host. He is the host of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. I was Hell like, Greg, yeah. that yeah. means something to me. And then like someone else was in Space Jam and like every, like all these 90s classics. And I'm like, listen, I don't want to make you guys sound old by telling you how young I am, but that <laughs> actually <laughs> counts. Like that is something that That's is important clout. to yeah. me <laughs> developmentally. Yeah. This is, this is the thing about living in New York or LA is that like if you're doing a live comedy show, the people that are surprisingly easy to book are like writers for like classic shows that you loved that are still looking for various forms of work. Um, and uh, we, a friend of mine uh, did a show all about PBS um, and she booked uh, someone who wrote for Arthur, but more importantly was the head writer for Courage the Cowardly Dog, uh, David <gasps> S. Cohen. Yes. And so he came and he did the show and he was the closer and he like wrote a song about PBS. Like, like for the show like the man is not like performing regularly on new york city stages and yet he is still a legend so uh go to imdb find wow. your favorite show from when you were a kid i bet the writers yeah. for that show are looking for stage time is all i'm saying i yeah no i do remember doing a, a show once and uh the host was uh in the first season of american idol ryan uh seacrest had a co-host Yes, named Brian Duckelman. Yes. And Brian Duckelman was the NC of the show. And like, yeah, he, he was performing all the time at like the same shitty stage as I was. And I was like, uh, huh. I think I actually think about that guy all the time. I think about him. I think about the people who wrote 1776. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> like our, our, our artistic history is filled with people who were next to like a billion dollars. You know yeah, what I mean? Like so close, so close to being like, the big like cultural moment yeah and it's like when you were the guy who was right there right or like whose first writing job was like writing for studio 60 on the sunset strip instead of 30 rock or something right yeah like there's so many examples yeah uh apparently uh i don't know if this is true or not but it's just a fun fact apparently in the first season anytime um, you see Liz Lemon typing. She is typing Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip is great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, but uh, now that we're like a half hour into this podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Time to get started. Uh, yeah. Let's um, let's talk about you guys. Welcome I, to Rough Stuff. <laughs> welcome to Rough Stuff. Um, I, you guys met in high school, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, unfortunately. So, unfor- yeah, so like, okay. <laughs> I want, I want like a uh, a character bio of who you met in high school, if that makes sense. A character bio? Can so you bio? I yeah. So of yeah. Chandler. Well, you thought yeah. Okay. You're like who who he was and who she was. Okay, great. Do you want me to start? Uh, I can start. Whatever you want. Okay, you go ahead. Um. Okay. So, uh, Carolina. So I uh, the the 
high school for the performing and visual arts oh, in Houston, God. Texas. And, you know, I'm sure... Oh, that the, our listeners have heard about this school. <laughs> you know, just, just real quick, I just want to say that, like, we've talked... Obviously, I mean, I went there, JP Green's been on the show, you two are on the show... And, like, we've never actually sat down to, like, fully explain what it is and how it functions. And I never, ever want to when everyone is just, like, building HSPVA based on the random shit they're hearing. So, please, Chandler, continue. I, like, flush this out a little bit more for our listeners. I believe that for people to fully understand my initial perceptions of Carolina Trevino, you have to understand the uh, metaphysical context oh, of the High School for the Performing and Visual Arts in Houston, Texas. Please, entreat us. So the High School for the Performing the and Visual Arts in Houston, Texas is an intensely hierarchical space, as I'm sure many high schools are. But I feel like it was heightened by the fact that you had a theater department where just sort of a lot of egomaniacal teenagers are the like, best kind. Yes, are like just have high, tremendous aspirations for themselves. And they also have reason to invest in the school as being like, oh, because I go to this school, I'm actually great. Like this is some crazy, exclusive, awesome school. Like we're only the most talented kids in Houston. Yeah, you together. have to audition to get into. Yes. And auditioning actually is pretty competitive because yes. like, I mean, like, a lot of eighth graders want to go, but then, like, my theater class was, like, 23 people my freshman year. I don't know what your class size is, but it's, yeah. like, about that. Yeah. Um, we... So it's competitive. It's, and it's also competitive within the school because I was in the class where they had to dump just a bunch of extra uh, kids into the class for budgetary reasons. Um, so there were, like, <laughs> 45 kids in my class to start with and only 25 ended up graduating. Um, wow. Yeah. Did you, like, off years or There were, like, like 10 off levels, um, which are people that are in level one, even though they're sophomores, and they will eventually uh, get bumped up to their proper level level one two three four yeah you have to do level one and level yes. two regardless of when you join hfp yes um but anyway like it was still a lot of people that left and again like every year like that i look back on hspba an experience that i loved i also like realize what's messed up about it and so like the fact that tons of people don't graduate that show up freshman year is not like, ooh, look how competitive only the strongest survive. No, yeah, you it's have like, a very low graduation rate. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And it's like the school has failed the students who stop going there. So, and then by the same token, the competitiveness of the school is like, huh, let's see, like, all of these slots are mostly filled by people who had the resources to, like, learn how the audition process worked and hire a coach or, like, go to a, just a school that had a good theater program in the first place and, like, lots of private school kids getting, you know, going to this public school for fun um, and when they could go to private school and get just as good of an education. So there's a lot of things that are bad about it. But let's go back to 14-year-old mindset. Yeah, where do I come this in? Is, and this is all the necessary context. <laughs> it's all very necessary context. Yeah, Chandler, you also, like... You guys kind of had a different department than I did mm -hmm. because uh, my, our, like, theater department head left with me, yes. like, graduated senior class. So, like, actually hearing this, because you guys are not that much younger than me, but it is like, oh, shit, this is, like, a different... There <laughs> were... You guys went to a different PBA. When we, <laughs> when we grad... Like, so there were, like, between all the teachers and consultants, there were maybe, like, 10 or 11 people, like, regular... Like, teachers regularly in the theater department, and only two of them were still around from my senior year compared to my freshman year. So like almost all of them, there was just a big changing of the guard a lot of changes, yeah. um, and a lot of like changes. But um, the crucial context is when you're a freshman theater student at HSPVA, the like 
the sophomores are demigods and the juniors are gods and the seniors have achieved some even higher plane of the universe. Like you perceive these people to be. It is true. And in fact, and in fact, the teachers like built into this, like they played into this extremely toxic um, like notion of like, oh my God, like the seniors are so much better than freshmen because Suzanne Jennings, the teacher that I had for one year that Sarah had for four was like used the baseball, used the baseball metaphor, which is like, yeah. okay, you want to do theater? It's a lot like playing baseball. Um, and in terms of whether you're going to be successful or not, the freshmen, well, the, the seniors are at bat. The juniors are like in the stadium somewhere. The sophomores are on planet earth somewhere. Um, and the freshmen are on Pluto. That's how far oh you are God. from hitting the ball. Um, so yes, this was, there was, this sort of was built into it. Anyway, that I think that there was constant, constant, constant discussion, like beyond just like, okay, the seniors are great. Generally speaking, it's like, who's going to make it? Wait a second. Yeah. Wait, just pause. Yeah. Chandler, was I your senior class? You were my when senior you were class. Freshman? So you were. So it kind of sounds like actually like what you're saying is true Sarah. in fact, actually. I remember so technically... every detail of Marisol. All right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I remember every time, detail the, of Marisol I've heard I about ever it. Had, uh, the only time I ever had a substantial role in like really anything, and it's a whitewash performance that I will never acknowledge that I ever fucking did at all. <laughs> and I also, like, uh, yeah, there's like Red and Gray uh, uh, Festival, Playwrights Festival, I remember as well. Like these were uh, these were things that Sarah Griffith was a part of and uh, thrived in. Um, Me, Sarah Griffith, senior yes. class of 2001. Yes, big, big senior class of 2011. Anyway, but within like, okay, like each of these classes are great. It was like, who's going to make it? Who are like the stars of each class? Who yeah. are the people that always get the leading roles? And who are the people that are highly achieving? And I remember, like, Carolina, before I even really knew her personally, as, like, one of the shining stars of her class at, like, in the theater in HSPVA. Like, she uh, was, like, constantly doing, like, little short films um, with her friends and, like, won, like, some statewide competition at one point and, like, was just super high achieving. And so, like, before anything, like, actually knowing her personally... I just really admired her as like someone that was like a role model. Literally, like my sophomore year, they were handing out juniors resumes to be like, here's an example of what your resume could look like. And it was uh, Carolina's resume on one side and her friend Paige Zubel's resume on the other side. And it was like, okay, these are the alpha dogs. Of yeah, that's the, the vanguard. That <laughs> yes. is the vanguard for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, so wow. the, yeah. So that's how I kind of knew her. And I didn't really know her personally, like, she, we had one class together and I remember her very distinctive laugh that uh, used to be even like louder and more boisterous than uh, it is now um, from sharing like a biology class together. Um, but then we were in a show together, her senior year, my junior year, where she played the lead, but of course yeah. in Big Love by Charles Mee. Um, oh, love. Yes. Like, big Love. Yeah, it's great play. Carolina was uh, played uh, It's free Lydia. also. Yeah. Yes. It's free. Anybody, and you can fuck with it. Like you can change, like it's public domain, so you can change it up. Charles Mee is a real one, comrade. Yes. He, he's a comrade. He's really great. Um, and so that's how we kind of got, got to know each other. And at that point I was just like, more like rather than anything romantic i was just like wow this person's super cool i want to hang out with her i want to be her friend like she's going places i don't want to get left behind um that kind of thing and then like 
there got to be a point like later in senior or my junior year, her senior year, where it was like, uh, just like she would be waiting for her mom to pick her up after school. And at that point I could drive. Um, so I could, I could stay at school however long I wanted. And I always hung out with her for like, very often hung out with her for like an hour, just like talking about stuff. And it was a lot of talking shit too. And you can really bond with someone like talking yes. shit. Here is in a theater department yes. at the PBA theater department. Fuck. Yes. yes. It is the, the uh, yes. <laughs> who's stupid. Who's lazy. Like who's fucking up. Like all of these things. Um, Who's not a good actor? Oh. Definitely a lot of conversation. Huge like, conversation. Their fucking scene. Ugh. And it's like, what kind of choice was that, dude? And and not realizing in the moment, like we are all just seventeen-year-olds, none of whom know how to act. And it's just yeah, like, we're all like, like really, it's not about whether you can act; it's about whether you can inject emotion into a cold read. Like whether you can. <laughs> em- yeah. Can you walk and talk at the yes. same time? Yes. Yes. Literally acting is as simple as walking and talking it. And yet so many people they can't do it. They fail to reach So many Damn, people. I can't do it. So many people can't do it. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, yes. So anyway, that's. Let, I'll let Carolina pick up the rest because I think yeah, she that can was, tell that the was, end of the story. Was that very was long. very sweet. That was very uh, long. <laughs> well, you fill in the blanks. No, I mean. Yeah. We're up to speed. I, I mean, I'll, mine is pretty short and sweet is that I barely knew Chandler. And I think we were both in biology class. And so I knew Chandler was, like, very smart because he consistently, like, was one of the people that, like, our teacher was like, oh, he got extra credit. Um, So I don't know. That's what I thought about you, just, like, peripherally. And then I knew you through uh, Big Love because you played my uncle. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, Mm. he's kind of cute and sweet. And then, obviously, we started talking more. And then I was like, oh, he's really nice. But um, Mm -hmm. one time, I think, were you, when did you dress up as Mitt Romney for Halloween? That would have been (laughs) October of 2012, your senior year. That was in the middle of Big Love. So this is in the middle of Big Love when I really started to get to know Chandler. And he dressed up as Mitt Romney. And I still didn't know him that well. And he did a bit where he, uh, like, we were all presenting our Halloween costumes to the class. And he got up to the front of the classroom and was like, I'm Mitt Romney. And then he was like, did a bit where he got all the Latinx students of his class <laughs> to run up to him and he threw money at them. And I was like, Whoa. Oh, he might be racist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my really bad. Yeah, that, this is the first time that's been oh put on public God. record, so this might be the end. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a regrettable oh bit, but hey. All, all of the Latinx students, I remember at one point you asked me, how come you didn't ask me to be a part of that bit? So you can't act like you didn't think it was funny at the time, but uh, everyone participated willingly and happily. I did not coerce anyone. Uh, oh and it was a satire of Mitt Romney being racist against Latinx people. Oh, no. uh, a perfect satire. It was a satire that uh, holds up as bulletproof. Uh, if I later. could counter, if I could counterbalance that with my own cancelable offense, um, sophomore year, my friends and I were like tired of eating outside because you can eat anywhere you wanted, and we wanted to eat in a certain classroom, and we couldn't eat in someone's classroom unless we had a club that was like sanctioned by the school and by the teacher. So it was like the the group of friends we wanted to eat with, it was like a mixture of white kids and black kids. And so we were like, perfect. And so we made this fake club and it was an acronym like called R-A-C-E. And it's like, we're having cultural conversations about each other's 
whatever. And like, that was like the fake club, but they, the teacher, it, it was like one of the teachers who like smoked weed before school and like didn't give a fuck. He was like, that sounds beautiful. You guys come on in. <laughs> Literally, we just like eat lunch together. <laughs> Huge. Huge. Yeah. And we've that already mentioned under- Marisol, by the way. So it's mutually assured cancellation here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what's crazy, though? I was the only white person in the cast of Marisol. And yet. Literally. And, and yet. Yeah, you well, were the I'm titular exactly. character. I was the, only, I was the only white woman in that cast. But also, to a little bit of my credit, I'm the only one from that acting class that went on to continue to act. So maybe I deserved the my lead God. in the senior show. There we go. Oh. Well, for the record, for the record, we wanted to see Dog Sees God, mm-hmm. which every fucking high school wants to yeah, do. Because and they get to say the reason, F word in it. And, exactly. Yeah. For some reason, that was deemed inappropriate, but Marisol, Marisol was oh, perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And the content of that play is atrocious it's very dark it's, it's very it's extremely dark why did we do a comedy because we wanted to prove that we were good actors yeah. fucking teenagers i know and it's like those things are completely unwatchable i remember we did blood wedding my sophomore year for level one and two showcases and it was like just awful like it was just we were just un listen you're just completely unprepared to handle that kind of subject matter and like same thing when carolina's class did rent um oh, i was just gonna say rent yeah, yeah. no uh, why yeah. Why would you allow a bunch of high schoolers who don't know a single person who has HIV AIDS? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, Carolina, were you and, were and you in it? Junior? No, I was not in it. I was okay. just watching my friends try mm-hmm. so hard. Also, uh, for the context, I, we were also talking about this uh, earlier because, or a few weeks ago, because I think we were watching something where we had to watch a couple of like young people kiss and make out and i was like mm. can you imagine my parents having to watch me make out with someone on stage like how right. fucking disgusting right is that? Mm-hmm. well also yeah, especially my parents if you, to see me do horrible things yeah so. especially if you're like playing horrible. mimi yes exactly yeah. you're playing mimi you're- and your parents are like okay so my daughter is in high school playing a fucking like sex worker H- like, mm-hmm. yeah a sex worker <laughs> hiv positive heroin addict oh. yeah like, uh, it's yeah. a lot to to take on. There's so many uh, fun, my, my... family-friendly shows and musicals out there, and just, like, high schoolers and their fucked-up teachers are so gravitated toward, like, because they want to believe, like, we're the high school that can handle this. That can do yes. this. Exactly. Because also the year before me, uh, not Les Mis, Into the Woods had been performed at PVA. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, and this good, is something wait, I... What's in, Into the Woods is fine. That's, like, a family-friendly... Are you... Are you kidding? There's a whole cock on that werewolf cock on the wolf costume. Into the woods oh. is like dark. The- oh, you're gonna do Into the Woods right. It's dark. <laughs> okay, okay. We I didn't. Yeah, that. I guess. I guess the productions that I've seen, they've just watch easily. The it's a movie. You can watch it. Well, yeah, um, I know, we'll... but you can easily leave the the dick out of the costume. Well, then you're <laughs> really messing say, with the creator's vision. Yeah, then you're just you're not doing it right. I will say, uh, in defense of questionable plays and musicals high schools put on. This is something I learned in college and I appreciate now. Um, Basically, like how rights are sold to schools, like from like Musical Theater Institute and Rogers and Hammerstein, whatever, whatever, like basically like a bunch of plays and musicals will go like on a sale. So like that's why like sometimes like nine high schools will do Legally Blonde right. in a single uh, year because they all can get the rights to Legally Blonde. Oh, yeah, Shrek so was I, big so a couple I do, years ago. I yeah. yeah, I do wonder if it's like, like, is it just, like, more affordable? <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but, like, there should be, like, a bigger library of shows that young people can do, because, like, you're right, like, those shows do exist and in 
droves. But I also think it's like, as a teenager, you want to be taken seriously. Totally. Yes. Yes. So you do like those serious The shit. stakes are high, and clearly at HSPVA, yes. they're higher than normal like, high school. Do you know how insulted we would have felt if we had to do something like Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat? Like, we would have been like, <laughs> we are no. above this, all right? Uh, when they told us that our next All School Musical was Cats, we laughed and clapped like, yeah, all right. It's like, because we always would say that, like, what are we doing? Oh, we're doing Cats. And when our teachers did it, we were like, they're in on and they were like no no you joke we're not that good you're doing cats (laughs) dude but that's the perfect show i mean in retrospect what a great excellent choice for an all-school musical excellent yeah choice yeah all right carolina uh you told an embarrassing story or a shameful story i guess about chandler uh chandler do you do you want to get back at her? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I'm trying to start fights. I'm trying to start fights. Uh-oh. I um. Uh, so nothing certainly that uh, I feel like that she deserves that she'll have to write like a public apology for in her notes app. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was uh. just about to say the notes app. <laughs> I, oh. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of anything uh, particularly insensitive. But um. Yeah, uh, I mean that's not what we're going for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you said revenge, right? So yeah, that, yeah. that's what I was going I, for. I do want to make that statement yeah. that we're not trying to uh, cancel people no. systematically on the show. No. Um, I will say, um, I'm just, the first thing that's popping into my head is a story that she's told me that I did not personally witness, but that I have heard again and again and again is like one of the saddest stories. Do you, um, so for this story, uh, I couldn't, I I won't name the person. Uh, so I will, I will use a pseudonym. Uh, we will use the pseudonym John. Um, so... (laughs) This is not our friend John. This is just our. We're, we it's the most generic. We have a very generic yeah. name. Okay, George. I don't know anybody. Don't close know friends named George. George. So okay. okay. So George uh, was just like this kind of like meek, uh, like you know, unassuming guy uh, that uh, Carolina had a crush on. Um, and and Carolina, by the way, like had a crush on basically every soft boy uh, that attended HSPVA <laughs> and worked her way down to me eventually um, <laughs> in her through the soft pursuit. Boys. I was truly attracted to literally everyone in high school. Men, women, everyone. I would just... <laughs> I was just well, that's high school. Yeah. That's just high school. Well, yeah, that's just an uncontrollable time. You know? <laughs> but you were only actively pursuing men and the, and the problem is the gender proportions at HSPVA, as with many performing arts programs, was like literally two to one double the women than men and then there were a high percentage of like queer men um at hspva so in the end and then many of the uh the remaining boys ended up uh dating you know the everyone in the dance department and then you're left with no one um so that's <laughs> that's what carolina it's had so to funny because that's exactly what sarah said to me when she's like yeah we didn't date in high school and that was the breakdown yeah, I, yeah. when people are like so you seriously like you didn't have any boyfriends in high school i'm like honey show me where the I was supposed to date someone. I'll tell you exactly what it is. All the straight boys were concentrated in the jazz department, and they dated everyone (laughs) in. That's not good. That's not a good dating pool. It's not. It's not. Um, So, anyway. So at one point, as she was cascading down the list, uh, she she had a crush on this gentleman who we're calling George, and um, he was a musician. He was quiet, nice guy, you know, um, very polite. 
And she thought she'd make a, a gesture to him uh, by making him lemon squares. And so she worked late <laughs> at night, made these lemon squares. That's adorable. She's like, and like, also you have to understand that like at HSPVA, like there is this very competitive baking scene. Yeah, where like subculture. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. That's it so is, lame. actually. People are constantly. We would have contests. Yes. And people are constantly trying to like, you know, ingratiate themselves and make friends by like sharing their baked goods. And like, it worked completely. Um, yeah. But uh, so she, she got in on the game. She worked on these lemon squares. She brought them to school. She offers George a lemon square. He takes a bite and he is so visibly pained by what he's <gasps> eating. Like he's disgusted, but he's, so kind. but he's trying really hard to be nice and trying really hard to like come up with something to say, even though what he's just eaten is an abomination. And I'll explain why he bites it. <laughs> he looks at her and he just says, uh, they're pretty salty. Uh, and in <laughs> fact, Carolina realized that in her haste, she had used salt instead Classic of sugar, sugar in the oh. making of the lemon oh, squares. She just gave a boy a salty lemon. Salty so lemon. Bad. And yeah. then he ended up being my literal next door roommate in college. college. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, wow. But, uh, I really could never speak to him again. <laughs> Do you have, have you baked since or is the trauma of baking too much? She's now? No, no, no. I've baked since, but like it was, it yeah. was really horrible to I, know. I, and now I'm like, I will never do that again. I yeah. will never feed someone without me having like, yeah, that's the crazy part. Yeah. First and like, yeah, I was going to, so you just like, were like, this shit don't stink, bitch. I know these. <laughs> this is good. I don't even need a taste. Yeah, this that is, is good. That, I just know. That's my, that cocky theater school attitude. Yes. You just know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, my dumb ass was like, what could have gone wrong? They look dope as hell. And I <laughs> couldn't have possibly calculated the absolute error I made. And I bet you were rushed too because that school overworked every single one of its students and like people were getting home after rehearsal at like 8 p.m. Like 10 o'clock. 10, yeah. 10, 10 p.m. Like doing homework till late at night, going to bed, waking up at six. So like you probably squeezed that into the tiniest little nook in your schedule and just like were delirious and just brought them without, you know, taking yeah. precautions. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of baking something in high, because I... I was a student athlete, so I didn't nice. get home until, uh, yeah, I didn't get home until late and I was exhausted and run down and often would have to go back to school early in the morning to practice in the morning and then at night. And it was a whole nightmare. And any time there was a project we had where we had to make cornbread for some reason, we either had to make a candle or cornbread. I don't know why we were reading some book about the colonies. And did you, was this a private school in Florida for young women and ladies of society? Like, what the fuck, Debbie Tosh I mean, shit is this? The, the first part of that was right where it was a private school in Florida. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just remember I was like, I'm not doing either of these things. And then in the morning, I went to Boston Market and picked up cornbread. And uh, Your that's a, and. And everybody was like, this cornbread's delicious. And I was like, yeah, it really is. Boston Market is, <laughs> is great. Uh, really miss those out here on the West Coast. Yeah, you got you to gotta trick the system because I was actually a judge of a number of baking contests. Oh, so yeah. I got to reap the rewards without doing any of the work. Yeah. Um, and that was how I played the game in high school. Like, listen, you guys, you come to me, okay? You come to me with your baked goods. Yeah. I will tell you whether or not it's good. And all of it was good. Uh, yeah. Or- Carolina, yeah. you got played. And uh... 
I regret it so much. I, those are, that's like one of those memories that for some reason it's like been so long, but I still Seared. feel physical <clears throat> pain thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Welcome to Rough Stack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah that's, it's what I'm constantly thinking about now is like, oh, oh no, why? Why, young Bridget? Why'd you do that? Well, and the funny thing is like for a lot of those moments, like think about just like how few of those you have in your life and think about all the hours and hours and hours and hours and days and weeks and years of high school that have just been flushed out of your brain entirely. You would think oh, yeah. probably, maybe nobody else remembers that this happened except for you. Um, and even if someone else does remember it, like they're totally going to be understanding, you know, they're not going to, unless it really did right. cause him, you know, significant Trauma. I don't think George remembers me yes, at all. Yes, exactly. So there you go. That's your great. That's the best you can hope for. Honestly, it's yeah. like I hope my friends that I, I'm still talking to they need to remember me. Everyone else though, come and go. No, I mean I'm still yeah. My my like most horrifying moments. Um, I think I'm still called out. That's why I never go back home to Florida. It's, I'm still like, like, hey, remember when you were a terrible dancer? So you just tried to break dance all the time instead. <laughs> like that's, that's still. Uh, I feel like that that number one follows me around constantly. <laughs> so you're lucky. You're yeah. lucky that it's just like it happened to you. He probably doesn't think about it, but uh, everybody remembers me break dancing. There are a lot of videos of bar mitzvahs. Uh, <laughs> you know. I do fear the inverse of like, I probably made some offhand comment or joke to a friend that like has yes. haunted them for the rest of their lives. And like, yes. I would yeah. Chandler all the time. Yes. I think about this I, all I've the thought, time. Yeah, I think about I've this. thought about a lot of this. And like, so Ooh. if anyone is resentfully listening to this and their hatred of me is brewing, please, I will readily apologize for whatever it exactly. is I have said or done <laughs> to anyone I've ever met. And, you know, I'm a different person now. But that's the yeah. thing is that when you're in middle school, like, in high school but especially middle school uh which was like probably an even worse period for that like mm -hmm. you are such a dumb person and you're doing things all the time that hurt people most likely and like right. you get to forget about it because like it's middle school and you forget but then yeah you have a mushy kid brain yeah but then the, yeah. if you inflict trauma on someone else they will remember it forever so it's just not fair uh there yeah that, be yeah there there should be and also at that time because you're like learning so much about the world and you're mm -hmm. taking in stuff. And like, as we talked about earlier in this podcast, you're taking in stuff you're probably not ready for. And so right. you're just like regurgitating that to like people in the wrong. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. You're just regurgitating that to people in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's awful. We, you know, kids just need to stay in a box and then we'll work outside <laughs> when they're mature enough. No, to... but you know what? Counterpoint, counterpoint. Right. If we don't make these absolute dumbass goof em ups young, then we're going to make <laughs> them old. You're absolutely so I right. Rather, like yeah. HSPBA, good, bad, ugly. I got to be a jackass, judgment free for like four fucking years. And everyone <laughs> in my class got to be a jackass with yeah. me. And we just got to participate in just total complete jackassery exactly. every single day um and yeah. you know like chandler said we'd be at the school like 12 hours a fucking day that was just like what was expected and it equally let me like exercise all of my demons because like i never did theater before i went to pba and like literally people would say like sarah like you need to sign up for drama club or like you would be and i'd be like no i don't want to fucking do that and then i got to pba and i was like oh cool i can exercise all of these demons which otherwise would be seen as annoying or loud or too much but here it's like really strong choice mm. or really <laughs> bold <laughs> like a bold thing to do so it was like 
Like, being there for me, at least, was kind of like being a wild stallion, and I'm equal parts being broken, <laughs> but equal parts, like, I'm allowed to just, like, whip my beautiful mane around and clop all over 4001 Stanford, yeah. you know? I, yeah. Yeah. And I do think that, like, if getting that out of your system in high school is better than getting it out of your system in college, which I actually think when you talk about being a wild stallion, being problematic and not caring, like just like just finding yourself and like exercising your demons. I feel like that's what most people's college experience is like. And by the time yeah, I got to college, yeah. I felt like I was, done. I was already bored with, the, with all of those things. I was just like, I'm just going to go to class and take improv classes and have fun. Well, like I'm, I'm, you know. Also you and Sarah were a part of like the cool theater kids gangs. Oh, in your respective oh. see, this is a perspective classes. I haven't heard. So. Wow. Okay. Cause Chandler, this is the thing. Chandler was a freshman influenced by his senior class, which was <laughs> That's my right. class. That's and right. More importantly, me. Yes. So as you can see, like, I really do feel like though, er, like it does generation because i also thought my senior class and to this day i regard them incredibly highly yeah like my senior buddy was uh your classmate veronica long um and oh, veronica, so of course yes. we love veronica yes I and met so her like... once at korean barbecue and she did not stop talking for like two hours <laughs> Well, yes, and that is, but she's a queen and she's, and like, I will say like, she happened to be a senior buddy that did end up going to some professional acting success or like, I think she, didn't she go to USC yeah. and like, she's had some roles here and there. She, she lives in Vancouver yeah. now and she books regularly in Vancouver. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. that helps perpetuate the myth, um, that like HSPVA is like this extremely special place, but most people, you know, get paired with insert fuck up here who I won't name, although. I might be thinking of some specific people and it's like you know as someone who just goes on to like work in finance or something it's like you know then that could dispel the uh, illusion I feel uh, like but. no one in my cl- I don't Chandler's still really good friends with a lot of people from his class and Sarah obviously you're also friends with a lot of people from his class I know none of them anymore <laughs> yeah and I think it's partially which is hard to hear because my sister was in your class <laughs> We have di- yes, yes. Oh God! I mean, just in this conversation alone, uh, Carolina's talked to you more than she's talked to your sister in the last <laughs> six years. No, uh, that's so. no, that's not like some fucking secret. I'm talking to Carolina more right now than I have my own sister in like three months. So, <laughs> well, yeah. Car- also, and we won't get into the drama of it all. But Carolina and your sister were opponents in the race for thespian vice president. Uh, so Whoa. perhaps really? there's still some political bad blood that remains. Uh, from the the corrupt yeah. bargain I, of 2013. See, a, I like yeah. have erased this memory from my RAM, and yes. so can no longer access that memory. I, I just I, I remember I just, all the the kind of politics, like not literal politics, but just like the theater politics of the stuff that was happening in the classes above me more yes. than I remember my own experiences. No. Like it's, just it's so like, embarrassing yeah. to look back on how much we gave a fuck about this, like yeah. the minutia of it all. It's like why Dude. the fuck did you give a shit about this tiny yes. fucking thing you? Yes. Yes. Literally, Matthew Jameson, a year above me, I was like going off in the library about something that happened or whatever, and he was a senior and I was a junior, and he was like, you know what's crazy? Like, in three months, you're going to be like, why the fuck did I care so much? And I was like, Matthew, how can you even say that? Like, the show is opening in a week and a half, and, 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 and we've got nothing going on. Like, no one seems to get, and swear to God, like, opening night, I was like, oh, I can't believe I was so worked up. Like, <laughs> Nothing, fucking nothing. No, you need yeah. a you need to care about something, and or like life will be very boring, and you'll yes. never have those lessons. You need the context. That is true. I would rather care too much yeah. than care too little. You, but I think 
what would help a lot with kids if as in general if the consequences for you being an asshole happen quicker yeah i feel like a lot like a lot of these stories are like yeah i did something really fucked up and no one told me about it but then i just thought about it one day and i was like oh that's horrifying totally it was very very unhealthy like environment in that way and i also think like you prioritize the wrong things like in high school you 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 care so much more about like uh you know am i gonna get this big role or what are my personal achievements going to be what is my status within the school going to be versus like the friendships and like the right. how you interact interpersonally with people like being nice to everybody in your class is going to be way more important in the long term of your life than like dominating the class by sheer right. force of will and yet i feel like the latter was the motivation uh for a yeah. lot of kids yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you know it's fucked up. We're talking about this for like, God, I miss high school. Like, this is like fun. Oh my God, that's insane to me. That's insane to me. I, I actually I actually had a dream about high school not too long ago. And I'm not going to, oh, I had a dream. No, listen, we in the dream, we had all just decided unanimously to dress up as Kurt Cobain and go to school one day. Because we would do this kind of dumbass yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. And so everyone was just in plaid and jeans. And then in my dream, we were all in plaid and jeans. And we looked around and we were like, this is like how everyone dresses here anyway. So this was not a very effective prank. <laughs> no, I just, I, I, yeah. I have those dreams all the time where I still have like stress dreams about high school. Uh, uh, and I frequently have that I had just missed chunks of basketball practice. Like I yes. had just forgotten to go. Yeah. And there, or there'll be classes that I just forgot to take all year. So I was failing. And I have had so many of those dreams because recently on Twitter, I posted a picture of me like playing basketball and my coach liked it. And it was uh, too important to me that he liked this post of me taking a shot. It meant to a, you know, 27 year old woman. I was like, my high school basketball coach liked my shot. Totally. Uh, that's uh, the same thing with our high school yeah. like theater teacher. Mm-hmm. Like anytime yeah. she interacts, I was gonna say, should we name drop that Stephanie Whittles was like your? She was like in charge of your department, yes. and then like I actually had her freshman year for just like one class. Mm. But um, that was like when I saw Stephanie was like verified. I was like, wait a second, yeah, no, she's a what? way bigger deal now and yes. will not talk to us. <laughs> well, that's not true at all. That's not true at all. I I I sent her. I actually just earlier this year, I sent her an extremely long text begging her to vote for Bernie Sanders. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> talking about in retrospect how sad that is it's very sad but but at the <laughs> time it was extremely important um and uh well she apparently yeah. just moved to la so i am gonna try to get that um coffee that date coffee. going on because uh she's got people in her contact book that i would also yes. like to have in my <laughs> contact, great contact. So, stephanie if you're listening i have no ulterior motives to getting coffee she's written a book she has promoted that book on late night with seth myers she is in charge of a podcast network that apparently um some venture capital just dumped a bunch of money into oh, really? yes. it got bought she for like a million dollars literally she is someone who literally did go to pva with beyonce because yes. beyonce did go to our school for about a semester, which I always say, like, we had to audition and so did Beyonce. That's so right. like That's think right. about that in terms yeah. of talent level. Um, but she literally actually had Beyonce in a science class. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. She, you know, she is just very much in uh those circles and is a very powerful person indeed. Um and, and one of yeah. my high school English teachers just got out of jail for uh running away with a student. <gasps> oh, no. yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Yes. So, yep. Um, <laughs> you know, this has been a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah the, it's a spectrum, but you know, mm. they're heroes. <laughs> oh, one of our French teachers was in a porno that you could look up. This is just. Oh. Oh, boy. Uh, really? Hold up. Wait, you're kidding me. Dark chocolate? You've never heard this? No. This, oh this, this, uh, I'm going to nip, this is going to be an off the air <laughs> no, no, conversation. This is, not, this is not a secret. This is like a well-known, wow, wait, you guys don't, this was like, everyone knew this. I don't know this. Like a porno like in the 70s. Like it was a long time sure, ago porno. Sure, uh, Oh my God, yeah. maybe I've seen. Uh, Full circle. That was the porno the boys in the beginning of my story were watching. Wow, just that's to tie what I'm choosing a, to believe. Yeah, wow. to, to tie that in a in a bow. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Love and, a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to bring us to the end because uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us and uh, tell tell people about what you're up to and and where they can hear you guys. Okay, uh, Carolina, do you want to start? Sure. Um, we are currently taking a pause on uncertain five fresh because all the movie theaters are closed right but... i was yeah i was like i'm pretty sure they're like on an indefinite hiatus yeah. which is unfortunate because it's a good show Thank honestly you. we should come back and maybe we will come back pretty soon with some reviews mm-hmm. of some pay-per-view films right trolls too <laughs> yes absolutely and you can follow me on twitter at carolina id and you can also, you know, listen to the archives of Uncertified Fresh. <laughs> There's a real arc yeah. as we build to our Oscar predictions, uh, which you can then uh, see how they uh, went in terms of how the Oscars <laughs> went this year. Um, but yes, that's the pod. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Chandler J. Dean. Um, and you can, I've got a YouTube channel that you can subscribe to called Chandler Dean Videos. And also on my Twitter, I'll post uh, satire that I write occasionally. So that's ba- probably the best place to keep up with. Uh, what I'm doing in addition to the uncertified fresh. So. Awesome. Yeah, definitely uh, check those things out. And as always, you know, uh, you can follow us at rough stuff pod on Twitter and Instagram and send us your stories uh, it, for, you know, future mailbag episodes. You guys yes. can get in on the fun, send us your stories DM us or email us at roughstuffpod at gmail.com. Yes, and I also just want to end by giving a shout out to my sister Hannah. I feel bad. (laughs) I feel like we maybe portrayed her in like a bad light. No, no bad Um, light. She definitely... I mean, well, we did say that we haven't spoken. But we didn't say why. It could be because we don't know what to say. We're nervous. Well, she's actually super busy right now. And I do want to give her congratulations on the air to all of our crazy listeners. She actually was just promoted. She actually got a promotion during the pandemic. So kudos to her for her restaurant, which is also like, how the fuck are you so good at your job that a restaurant that's closed is promoting you? (laughs) That's impressive. um, She just became the general manager at a very young age. So congrats to her. Uh, Maybe, so Carolina, whatever beef you have with her, (laughs) settle that. Settle that in Chicago. Oh, a piece of beef. I mean, you know, you can go to this restaurant, get a little bit of a friends and family discount. What's going on? But um, yeah, and then also like I'm on Twitter. I don't know. Fucking Google me. <laughs> if you yeah, dare. If you dare. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, see you next time. Goodbye.
This has been a Small Beans Endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!